Welcome to the Advance Born Global podcast. I'm Johanna Pittman, CEO of Advance, the non-profit organisation that shines a spotlight on the impact of outstanding global Australians. In this podcast series, we meet all 34 game changers recognised in the 2022 Global Australian Awards. These inspiring game changers generously share the story of their international career journey with us, the highlights and challenges, and what motivates them in their work. I hope you enjoy getting to know these inspiring game changers. In this episode, we meet Dr. Hum Gurung, a 2022 game changer for his impact across Asia. I loved hearing his environmental philosophy and his explanation for how communities must be central in any efforts to conserve nature. How would you explain what you do and what your day-to-day job looks like? So basically, uh, my job uh, is part of my job is uh, a bigger picture is uh, nature conservation or environmental conservation. So basically, uh, taking care of our you know, uh, mother nature and the whole uh, connection between people and nature are vital part of our uh, you know, human beings and, and for our well-beings. So without nature conservation, uh, there is no future. Uh, it is very important we take care of our environment, our forest, our landscape, uh, which is also very important for our mental health. So from you know, livelihoods opportunities, to a high quality of life. We need fresh air, fresh water, we need timber, we need everything uh, uh, for to live on. So we need a better connection with nature and understand and respect uh, nature so that we can get benefits from nature. So that's very important part of my job is to convince people uh, to work with local people uh, or different uh, people from different walks walks of life that we have to take care of environment. If we can do that, then our future will be much more brighter. That's really interesting and obviously something that people are very passionate about. um, And I think particularly our audience will really want to know more about that how do you, I, I read a little bit about your work with citizen scientists, but what are the different ways in which you persuade and work with people to understand the importance of nature and conserving nature? Yeah, so uh, you know, nature conservation is everybody's job. It's not just one you know, institutions or some individuals or governments. The governments, the people, the, the business community, each and every one need to come together uh, for nature conservation. Uh, for example, the citizen scientists who live in the hinterlands, a different you know, uh, you know, parts of the world, who have lots of wisdom, knowledge that can be really useful for our youth, for our future generations. And also it's very important to think when we do anything, we have to think about sustainability. For a short term, we may get money, but in the long term, if we don't engage our stakeholders, people like citizen scientists who have the passion and commitment to do something for the environment. So we need to engage them so that 
we can work together and what I call the synergy. You know, two together, everyone achieve more and synergy is the best way so that we need to engage people, you know, like citizens, scientists, students, even the business community. So every, sometimes people in, in, when you talk about environment, like business people are, we think there is like a threat. But now we need to work together. There's no, you know, way until we work together, we can achieve you know, our goal. So I think that's why we have to work together with each and every one. Uh, if say in the environment, we call three A's. The first A is to create an awareness. The second is to change the attitude of people. Then the third is the action. So for the actions, we need to come together. Wow, um, that's a really uh, great way to think about it, the three A's. And um, I guess for someone like yourself, you've been in this uh, field for a long time now. Was this always your goal? Was this always where you wanted to end up? Or how did it happen to you that you ended up uh, working in Nature Conservancy? Yes, uh, it, it is very interesting. Uh, I really uh, like to remember uh, Sir Edmund Hillary, who was the High Commissioner uh, of uh, New Zealand uh, uh, for Nepal and, and India. So I met him in 1985 and uh, His Excellency interviewed me. Then I got the scholarship to go to New Zealand. So New Zealand is like 100% pure, neat, clean and green, where I can learn the wilderness, how people can live together with nature, without destroying nature. So the, 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 the greenery that came into mind from New Zealand uh, is where I really learned about uh, nature conservation. Uh, so that was my in you know, a very important part and my mentors like Mingmanobu Sherpa and Dr. Chandragurum who sent me to New Zealand. So that really inspired me to do nature you know, conservation. Uh, it's not just for, for my job, yeah. uh, but it is for part of my life. So you, you studied in New Zealand and then you uh, did your PhD at Griffith University. Um, how did that come about that you ended up doing your PhD in Australia? Yeah, since then, you know, after you know, completing my bachelor and you know, in a master's degree uh, with honors, I went back to my home country in Nepal. Then where I, then I went back to the mountains. I worked with my people in the mountains, in the hills. Uh, then it was part of my you know, learning and also giving something back to my people, to my community, what I have learned uh, in New Zealand. So give back something to my country and my people. So it was a very important part of networking, keeping in touch with academics and you know, experts and scientists uh, around the globe. So there is the opportunity uh, where I met my supervisor, uh, Professor Ralph Buckley uh, from Griffith University, and also Professor John Fien, uh, who really uh, encouraged me to do PhD. And, and then that continues, and I met people like Mark Hero, Professor Mark Hero from Griffith University. So all these people uh, have inspired me to do something, you know, PhD, uh, which is, you know, slightly different from the real world. But I also try to enhance my academic world uh, so that I can uh, link both theory, uh, science, and practice together. That can make a better uh, for everyone. Mm, absolutely. And can you share with us some of your what you feel have been some really big accomplishments or, um, through the years, things that you're particularly proud of that you've achieved? I think uh, uh, there are many things that are, you know, which are ongoing. So like conservation is a journey. 
the lifelong process like a river. Uh, so uh, when I started in the Annapurna Conservation Area uh, Project in Nepal, so that's one of the most outstanding in you know, a beautiful uh, place in Nepal. So it was the first paradigm shift in you know, conservation in protected area management where people can live in the protected area and can save the environment and benefit from conservation. So that is the Annapurna conservation area that has been shining now across the globe as a, you know, a good uh, a role model for conservation. So as I walk, you know, you know, like in the tropical jungles in, like in South, Southeast Asia, which is part of my job now. So we engage people and people are trying to accommodate you know, nature and conservation part of their life. So one of the, you know, some of the achievements that I can, you know, thing is we always can't talk about, you know, forest, trees, or tell them to save. We need to find the alternative ways so that people can get the benefits. And we need to demonstrate if we can do nature conservation today, that will benefit our future future generation tomorrow. So it's not only our working for ourselves, but also working for our future generation. So across the project countries in the you know Southeast Asia, you know, supported by the European Union, led by BirdLife International. So we have been working with the local people, usually those who don't have much opportunities, but who have lots of potential and can harness their human potentials. So that's where where we have been working. And now people uh, like like women, they can go to uh, uh, spend more time for their kids' children education because like we have established a daycare center like in the Annapurna. So the mothers can take care of their, you know, field, their work, but the kids can go to school, right? And the health of women, you know, cooking in the indoor you know, uh, cooking stoves is a lot of, you know, you know, smokes that creates a health problem. So that also created now new alternative energy, what clean energy, what micro hydroelectricity. So that has been in Annapurna and also in many parts of uh, Nepal uh, at UNDP where I work. Uh, so, uh, so the, the ultimate goal is to improve the quality of life of the people. So the nature conservation is the tool that can bring something, some hope for our people. Uh, so that's how we have been able to achieve. And like, you know, uh, there's a, you know, a critical example is like, you know, forest loss. So life, now we have created a forest loss dashboard. At the same time, we monitor for example, remote sensing GIS brings signs. You can see from the sky, you know, the status of the forest, but our people on the ground go and monitor what is there, what's happening there. So linking science with people is very important part of conservation and people are benefiting. They can see the, the, the trend of the forest. They can see the forest gain, not only forest loss. So if people can work together, they can achieve better. So these are some of the examples uh, that, you know, they can work together, for example, the forest restoration, you know, for conservation, the one management expert is do nothing. In nature, it will come itself. But we have to stop all the encroachment, you know. So we need to, you know, enforce rules, regulation with education so that people can understand and they can take the ownership. 
So these are some of the examples that you know people have benefited from conservation. Um, they're fantastic examples and it really brings to life the impact that your work has had throughout the region. I wanted to share with you as a um, this Asia Impact Award is one of our most important awards because we see that those individuals like yourself who studied in Australia and then um, and have continued to have that in incredible impact, not just in Nepal, in your own country, but also in other countries in Asia. And so that's why um, the judging panel selected you as a finalist for this category. What does it mean for you to be recognised by uh, Australia for your work across uh, Southeast Asia and, and Nepal with conservation? Yeah, um, I think, you know, I, I come from the Himalayas. So right from the Himalayas, now Himalayas are getting black and white. Used to be only white, but now because of climate change, global warming is black and white. Then I went to like New Zealand, you can see neat, clean, green, beautiful. Of course, climate change is everywhere. So I can see uh, from a very uh, uh, beautiful country to another beautiful country, at the same time, a different culture, a different way of thinking, uh, different issues in a, in a, in a conservation issues and problems. Uh, I went to Singapore, you know, a small country, you know, one of the richest country on earth, you see. Uh, they don't have any natural resources in Singapore, but they have used the human potentials, human resources, you see. So, so I can see, you know, uh, how uh, uh, human and capacity is so important, uh, along with a good governance, right? I can walk in the in a tropical forest in Papua New Guinea, and I want to, to show in a very rich uh, uh, Japan, you know, uh, Taiwan, you know, Thailand, Cambodia, you know, one of the least developed countries, or Myanmar. So I can see two things. One is culture, different culture, different countries. Another is conservation. So what I call two C's, how people are working in their own way with different challenges. And so I can get, I can bring together. So there's no ready-made answer to solve environmental problems. We need to be, you know, on the ground, deep, you know, practical, pragmatic, and address the issues in consultation with people. We have to learn so much from indigenous people, indigenous communities, where we can, you know, bring their knowledge, skills, and to solve so many of the environmental issues and problems. So I think I can see how Asia is diverse. You see, uh, you know, it's a very, you know, the fastest growing cities in the world, the highest population, uh, uh, and at the same time, so much, you know, cultural diversity. Uh, so uh, there's lots of opportunities in Asia. You know, all, you know, you know uh, so many countries, some countries well developed, so many countries still quite behind, so need to, you know, trying to go further. So need, uh, uh, you know, what I, you know, call the three C's, we need the collaboration within the countries, within the conservation partners. We need a very smooth, horizontal, vertical communication so that we can learn from each other. And also the <clears throat> most important thing is we need a cooperation. Cooperation is very important. Not everybody have the same, you know, uh, you know, 
uh, are in a, a very you know wealthy but at the same time if we can share our knowledge and skills so the cooperation is critical part of getting benefits mm. from each other yeah Thank you for sharing all those different examples that you've observed from around Asia and, and really um, yeah, the diversity of the different approaches is so clear. Our last question for you is um, your field is very attractive to young people. People want to be in this field. They love what you're doing and they want to be part of it. What advice would you give to someone that wants to build a career in nature conservation? I think uh, there are three important things that the youth or anyone uh, need, can embrace. Uh, the first thing is hard work. Without hard work, nothing will happen. With hard work, with dedication and commitment, it's very important. The second you know, important aspect is uh, teamwork. What you know, we say together, everyone achieve more. Of course, people are working hard, but they need to have a teamwork. They need to understand the team building process. They need to. They are not only themselves, you know. So there are so many people, as I said before, different culture, different environment. So we need to learn to you know adapt, and to work together means it will benefit everyone. And the and the final uh, important aspect, what I call is the networking. Like hard work, teamwork, and network. So networking is very important. Like environmental problems, are, there is no borders for environmental you know, issues or conservation problems, right? Uh, for example, uh, the, the the birds, you know, uh, there are like you know nine flyways around across the globe, all the way from Siberia. You know, birds fly to New Zealand, Australia. So, uh, so they don't need passport to travel. Right, so nature is so unique, right? So we have to understand that kind of, you know, within the country, at individual level, of course, everybody has to work very hard. Uh, so sometimes people have taken for granted when they, you know, with, with good luck, of course, sometimes people get, you know, opportunities without hard work, uh, but that won't happen uh, all the time, right? Uh, then, yeah, then, you know, because we have to, today is like a global village. And here now, next Saturday, I'll going. I'll be flying to Manila. After five days, I'll going to Indonesia. Then fly to uh, Flores. Another, you know, one hour flight uh, from uh, Jakarta. Two hours flight. So, so, so that kind of you know environment. Uh, and in as a, as a global citizen, so we have to learn to have that kind of uh, uh, teamwork. So that will help to build your network. Thank you for listening to this episode. For more on global Australian game changes over the last decade, please go to our website, advance.org.